Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray this, that this word today would impact and strengthen their heart. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. So we talked about maximize potentials. Maximize potentials. And uh, we started a very strong engagement on the fact that every one of us have potentials and that God wants us to maximize it, to live to the fullest. So I, I just want to, I think I rounded up on Sunday with the fact that we have to identify our potential or our talents. So I'm using those two words interchangeably. I'm going to either be using the word potential or talent, right? So anyone I use, it's the same thing. We first of all said you should identify what is your talent, what is your potential. And then number two, what did they say you should do again? Investigate it. Investigate it. Research around it, praise God. Find out more about that talent. And what was the third one? Invest in it. You guys are brilliant. You should be the pastors of this church. Number one, identify it. Number two, investigate about it. And number three, do what? Invest in it. Praise God. And we, we identified also that what we're teaching, even though we're teaching believers, the truth of the matter is that the earth he has given to the sons of men. All right? The, the heavens of the heavens belong to God, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. He hasn't given the earth to God's children. He has given the earth to the sons of men. Most of us today are wearing things probably a non-believer produced. Right? Some of our shirts are by designers who are not born again. Some designers that we wear, some of them are actually gays. But, you know, we take our identity from the fact that this is the man who produced it. Praise God. So, you understand that the fact that they are at that level of production, we unconsciously identify with them because it gives some of us self-esteem. Praise God. Now, so any man who goes to work with his potential will govern, will have dominion to a certain extent. We don't even know who produced these chairs we're sitting on. Praise God. So, uh, I mean, the largest manufacturer of cement in our country we know is Dangote. Uh, you know, Dangote is not a member of the First Baptist Church. You know that. Praise God. So, but if we need to build our church, we need to buy his cement. Because none of you produces cement. You only mix to get money. So at the end of the day, the earth, I want you to understand that scripture. The earth belongs to the sons of men. Because people usually have this controversy and these questions like, okay, if people are not born again, why are they richer than people who are not born again? You must understand something about wealth. Even though there is a spirituality to wealth, there is also a system on the earth for wealth. 
And anybody who engages that system, whether he is born again or not, will, 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 will be uh, empowered by that system. Because God is not just only a good God, he is a just God. We must understand that God is also what? A just God. So the fact that you are born again, and you are lazy, born again, and ignorant, born again, and you know, you are just lazing around life, no goals, no, no plan, no strategy, expecting the Lord to bless you. And here is a guy who doesn't know God, and the fact that he doesn't even know God gives him an extra effort. He just feels, listen, I'm on this world for myself. Whatever I can achieve for myself is what I'm going to get. The guy is diligent at his job. He's excellent at what he does. You don't expect the fact that because you're born again, then God is going to convert the whole wealth of that guy and throw it into your hands. For one reason, you won't even be able to sustain it. So God is not just only a good God. He's what? He's a just God. That is why Jesus had to die for us. Because God could have just looked down and said, well, Adam, you sinned. Okay, let's reverse that part. It's a mistake. How many of you have played games with people who don't want to lose? Especially with children, right? And then you win them. They just say, okay, that game, that's not the real game. How many, how many of you know if you play games with people who every time they lose is not the real game, you'll never win? Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Or you're playing football with this young guy he's the, he's the one who has the ball and then I mean you're playing like sets you know after your set is gone then the next set comes in and then his set is gone he now says well uh, he thinks he wants to go home so he takes his ball how many of you know you put him in the next set say no 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 not, you can still join the next set why because he's just breaking the rules so God had to for the redemption of man had to come as a sacrificial lamb to redeem man because that satisfied the justice claims of sin are you, are, you, are you following what I'm saying? So by the process of exchange, we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and he had to become sin. He couldn't just say, well, okay, I've forgiven you your sin. No, no, it couldn't happen that way. So he had to come in the form of a man. Well, when we talk about redemption, we discuss all of that. But what I'm trying to say is that God is just. He's not just going to throw things around. Things follow a system. And if we want to be partakers of that system, we have to line up with the system. 1 Kings chapter 5 verse 7, verse 6. 1 Kings 5, 6. 1 Kings chapter 5 and verse 6. Praise God. So give orders that the cedars of Lebanon be cut for me. This is Solomon speaking. My men will walk with yours and I'll pay you for your men, whatever wages you set, I want you to observe that word and underline it. Whatever wages you set, praise God, and you know that we have no one so skilled in felling timbers as the Sidonians. We have none among us who are skilled to cut timber like the Sidonians. No one who could cut timbers. Okay, Second Chronicles chapter 2, verse 7 to 8. I'm using the NLT version. So send me a master craftsman, master craftsman, who can work with gold, silver, bronze, iron, as well as with purple, scarlet, and blue cloth. He must be a skilled engraver, who can work with the craftsmen of Judah, 
and Jerusalem who were selected by my father. Verse 8, also send me cedar cypress and red sandalwood lock from Lebanon. For I know that your men are without equal at cutting timber in Lebanon. I'll send my men to help them. Verse 13, 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 13. I'm sending you a master craftsman named Huram Abi, who is extremely talented. This version says, endowed with understanding. I have sent a skillful man. Not just I've sent a man. I have sent what? I can't hear you. I have sent what? A skillful man. The, 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 the NLT, New Living Translation says, I've sent an extremely talented man. Verse 14. His mother is from the tribe of Dan in Israel and his father is from Tyre. He's skillful at making things. From gold, from silver, from bronze and iron. And he also works with stone. One of the things I want you to pick from this verse of scripture, I want you to go back home and really meditate on these two scriptures we've read, is the emphasis on skill, on their talent. So I'll give you a few things first. Number one, never despise the talent or the potential that you have. Never despise it. Never despise it. These cases we have read, one is just the cutting of trees. And you would ask yourself, what is there in cutting trees? What's there? Just cutting trees. Never despise the talent that you have. Never despise it. Never despise. Never look down on that ability that God has given to you. Some is an ability to organize some is an ability to just get things decorated. You know, I remember one time ago we were in church and campus fellowship, and then they said we wanted to have a convention. And they said, oh, they needed volunteers to decorate. That's why I'm a very I'm a, I'm a bit careful with volunteering, you know, because when you ask for volunteers, there might be people who have a willing heart, but zero skill. You know, that combination is that that combination is very dangerous very committed but ignorant on the subject, then it's a challenge now because you're dealing with the heart. They have the right heart, but zero. So how do you manage it? And then I know people say skills can be taught. Not every skill can be taught. Not every skill can be taught. And so we had this beautiful sister. She said, oh, she fact. The Holy Spirit has been speaking to her about this decoration. I know anything the Holy Spirit and God is involved they are already human boundaries. So we put her in charge of the team. <laughs> I've always been humorous in the way I perceive this. Two days before the convention, we came and saw the hall. So I didn't know she was behind me. So I asked my friend, is it sure we were trying to set up or we're actually preparing for a world conference? <laughs> so she had me when she became my enemy all through school because of that statement. But there was red everywhere, circles everywhere. You, you entered the place, she, she had a very good heart, but zero skill. If you want to be valuable in life, 
your heart and your skill must match. Praise the name of the Lord. Your heart and your skill must do what? Must match. So if you need to go and learn the skill, then go for it. Your heart and your skill must match. Never despise the talent and potential that you have. But you know, this sister was blessed in hospitality. Blessed in hospitality. But you know, hospitality was always like behind the scene, kind of. You know what I'm saying? Like, the person helping to take care of the guest minister, you don't even know them. And she always wanted this visible stuff. Sometimes the skills that God has given to you are skills that can only work behind this, the scene. Be comfortable with that. Praise God. Number two, your potential is not worth anything until it is developed. Until your talent and your potential is developed, it's not worth anything. In its raw state, it's worth zero. So the fact that you have potential doesn't mean you're valuable. You, you are potentially valuable, but you're not valuable yet in the sense of what we're teaching. Are you following what I'm saying? So if you have a potential to sing, for instance, and you never sang, you don't, you, you're not giving that value out. So, until you develop your potential, it is not worth anything. The worth of your potential is directly proportional to the amount of development you give to it. Number three, to despise your potentials is to despise God's gift for your success. To despise your potential is to despise God's gift for your success. Now, to despise your potential is to despise what God has given to you for your success. Are you following this now? To despise that, to despise, to look down on it, is to look down on what God has given to you. Because like I said on Sunday, without going to school, without anything, I believe that every human being on earth has something given to, to, given to them by God that will contribute to a large extent their success on the earth if they'll focus on it. There are people who can do business. I'm not a very good business person. Because I can easily feel for people. <laughs> I remember when my mom, things were very tough that period. Oh, this is Babangida period, right? Yeah. Teachers were not paid for months. They were doing SAPs, structural adjustment program. Things were tough. So my parents, we all went to get firewood, sell rice, just sell anything sellable. And I remember this family always coming to buy things on credit, always coming to buy. They were very economically well down, down, down the ladder. And I remember my mom warning me, ah, don't sell things for them again, they're not going to pay. You know, but when the woman comes with the child, you know, it's like there's one child out the back, there are two here. I just feel sorry for her. You know, until my mom found out and then after the beating I got, I never forgot that instruction. Even when the woman is not coming to, to buy anything, I still remember, don't sell to her, don't sell to her, don't sell to her. It's like meditation. 
It's because of that kind of heart, I won't do very well with business. Right. But then, that heart is necessary for me to be a pastor. Because there are going to be people in church who are going to do stuff, and I'll talk about it, and then they'll repent and do stuff. I need to have that constant compassion. So you see, that sometimes your life makeup is based on your life's assignment. I, I, are you following what I'm saying? So, is it, is it to despise that is to despise what God has given to you to succeed? To despise that is to despise what God has given to you. And like we said from the one, this is a gift. And how many of you know you can decide to do anything with a gift? You can decide to throw it away. You can decide to play with it. You can decide to maximize it. You can decide to use it. Number, number what now? Number four, it is easier to envy those who have developed their potentials than to develop yours. It is easier to envy the man who has developed his potential than to do what? To develop yours. So you look at that man doing so well. And oh man, oh wow, oh wow, oh wow. You're doing oh wow, but there's something in you that people need to also do the same thing for. So it is easier to look at a man and say, wow, this guy, than to go to work on your own potential, on your own talent. Sometimes we, we even, even value other people's talent than ours. You know, I, I really appreciate pastors who, before they preach, they'll sing with the choir, you know, raise songs, do that. <laughs> it's good if I could sing in that sense. I would appreciate that. But since I couldn't sing, I just go and teach and do, <laughs> do stuff. So, I mean, God is not going to hold me accountable that I don't sing two songs before I preach. I mean, if he wanted that, then he would have given me that ability. So, you know, sometimes, I mean, I remember in Ghana, I went, uh, when I was preaching, and then uh, I, before I preached, I just said, oh, I'd like to pray for the sick. Ten people came out, laid hands on them, like eight were healing, standing of all kinds of pain, went back to their seat, I started preaching. And then my, the, my, my pastor, the guy who invited me, said, oh, you do that so effortlessly, like, you know, I'm not going to do the Benihin, hallelujah, choir, sing it slowly, take it slowly. I'm not going to do that. Because, I mean, as you start watching me like that, I'm going to look at like, man, I have 40 minutes to teach. We're already doing 10 minutes. I, I, do you understand? So, I need to now be very comfortable with that, other than trying to come to the stage and start trying to act. That's why, I mean, glad my wife can also sing. When the time comes for her to be able to travel with me, then it's easy. It's like, well, you have five minutes, go and do a song, and then I'll come up and preach. You don't need to stress about the abilities that God has not given to you. He is not going to judge you for them. Stop trying to force yourself. Are you following what I'm saying? Trying to force yourself into areas God hasn't given you those abilities. He's not going to hold you accountable to God for them. That's why God has put them in other people's life. So we all can work together and together we can achieve more. That's why I have the, the, the spirit and truth team here. Praise God. 
And then also, if you, you, you're spirit and truth and you need to sing, it's not the time to try and preach. Because I've also seen some music people try to preach before they sing and then they, they misinterpret the scriptures. And if you do that, I don't care what you sing again. <laughs> do you understand that? So everybody needs to learn. You need, you need to learn to be comfortable with the abilities God has given to you. And you also need to be able to say, listen, guy, I don't have the capacity for that. It's fine. I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. It does not mean you should misbehave. You can't do everything. It's not a scripture about ability. It's a scripture of contentment. I've told you that before. Praise the name of the Lord. Number what now? Sorry, I didn't number mine. So the next number. Okay. Without hard work, your potential is as useless as it can be. And I want you to write the word useless in capital letters. Without hard work, so two words there. Write the word hard work in capital letters. Write the word useless in capital letters. Without hard work, your potential is as useless as it can be. So what converts your potential to usefulness is what? Is hard work. Are we together? Whatever we convert that ability, that potential, whatever is going to convert it to usefulness is going to take a lot of work. You know something about the grace of God? And I'm going to teach that on Sunday. The grace of God empowers the work you're already doing. You know what Paul says? He says, not me, but God's grace, but I labor more than you all. Even though Paul had the grace of God upon his life, he had to write letters from prison. Many people can hardly write letters from their house. Not to talk of writing letters in prison. That's a lot of work. And you know, these days we, we can just go online and type stuff and do stuff. is easy. Not their own time. You have to write those things on parchment with ink. In fact, I was reading something, I don't know how true it is, but I was reading something about Watchman Nee, that for some of the things he had to scribble from prison, sometimes he would be bleeding, just trying to write letters to the Chinese church. That's, that's hard work. You know, it's easy for us to say, well, we want God just as it was in the Bible. Come on, let's have revival. Just as it was in the book of Acts. We want fire to come down in our church again. Just as it was in the book of Acts. <laughs> just be careful what you pray for. Because in the book of Acts, the guys were thrown in prison. How many of you know if the police shows up now and say, hey, we need a few guys to just get into prison for preaching. Then you're going to say, you know what? I'm not the pastor of this church. That guy there is the pastor. And his father is the pastor. And that's his wife. That's his children. It is almost like a family church. You know what I'm saying? But you know, out of that condition, he was able to write not just one, not just two, massive letters encouraging the church. In fact, in some of the letters, he told them, rejoice, I say to you, rejoice. Ah, that's where the grace of God comes in. But then he needed the hard work to write the letters. We all have the grace. It's in the hard work place we're missing it. Number six. To be busy with other things without 
focusing on your potential is to waste your life. Waste in capital letters. Busy in capital letters. To be busy with other things and not your potential is to waste your life. Simple question. How is life measured? Life is measured by time, right? That's how you measure time. So you can say, I'm 35 years old and 36 years old and 70 years old and 73 years old. You're trying to measure your life in this part of, part of existence by what? By time. Now, let me tell you this. And, and this is beginning to redefine. I, I, it's something I've known before, but I'm using it to redefine a lot of things for myself right now. The time you give to other things, right? Look at it from this perspective, right? The time you give to other things is the time you take away from some other things. Do, do, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Now, I mean, as I'm preaching, if I stay here, then I'm talking to almost the whole church. But if I come this way, the fact that I'm facing the people here means that I'm not facing the people there. So, the fact that I'm facing the people here actually means that my action also means I'm not facing the people sitting on the other end of church. So the time you are busy with other things, you are actually taking time off from some other things. Because we all have 24 hours. It's the same 24 hours you have that I have that I used to write these books. It's just different stuff, different engagements. The same time you have is the same time I have to pray. I don't have extra time. <laughs> Praise God. So, so you must begin to measure time in that. This time I'm giving to this thing. Is it at the neglect? Am I neglecting my purpose? Am I neglecting my abilities? Am I, it's just like the, the guy who was, was giving money and then he went to dig it. The time he was using to dig where to bury the money was the same time the other guys were using to do business. I, are you following? So both of them spent time but on different activities. So I have, when people now tell me, oh, pastor, sorry, I was very busy, I'm almost tempted to ask, busy doing what? Because people just throw that busy thing at you to just make sure like, oh, there's no time. Ah, I'm busy. Oh, I'm very busy. Now, the question is busy doing what? Because the devil is actually very busy also. When God asks him, where have you been? He says, I've been going to and fro the earth. The man was just walking. And so in the book of Job, you have to just point an assignment to him. Well, you can just stay here and walk on Job a bit, right? Instead of just going, looking for contracts. <laughs> there's someone here you can try. It's take you some time. What are you busy doing? Are you busy on your potentials or you're busy with other things? And remember what? God is going, just as God is not going to judge you for what he has not given to you, God is going to judge you for what he has given to you. You know, I think somehow unconsciously in church, we have consciously forgotten that we will stand before God and give account of our lives. You know, a lot of us live like we're not going to give account. Like, ah, no. Now, most of us in our minds still think that God is a Nigerian. Like when he's judging us, right? It's like, ah, oh God, how far now? So I'll just take this money. Just allow me inside. <laughs> so I've seen that angel. See that angel by your right. I said, just tell him my name. Tell him. He knows me. Nonsense. We live like we're not going to be accountable for the talents and the abilities that God is giving to us. So you need to 
get busy with a sense of responsibility. I'm busy doing this, but is it at the expense of what God is going to require of me? Because you know, in as much as we, I mean, we believe in long life here. I believe in long life and we're all going to live long, but we're not all going to have the same strength to achieve certain things in our life like we're doing right now. I told one of our friends, we were working together in ministry, I said, this is the time we need to just focus on the, on the youth and get all the teenage meetings and everything we're doing. I said, because by the time we start hitting 45 and all the beards have started coming, white hair, even though you put dye before you come out of your bathroom, is all white again. I said, listen, I'm not going to be jumping on the stage with you at that age, wearing jeans and leather jacket, trying to become a youth. I'm not going to do that with you. You know, you see some old guys who want to reach out to youth, say it's youth at heart. It's only the heart that is youthful. Everything about them, they almost look like a misfit. Tight jeans, and you're like, shake it easy now, calm down. I'm not going to do that. So if you walk with that sense of purpose, you know that, for instance, if you start a ministry at 25, you know you have almost a 15-year window to work with youth. At 40, you should have trained other people that should be working with teenagers. That's not the time to be running around throwing balls. That's the time to be training pastors somewhere and pouring your knowledge there. So even as much as God is going to give you long life, Jesus said, I must walk the walk of him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can walk. What was he trying to say? There is a moment where you will not be able to do certain things. If you think, I'm joking, try going back to school when you are old. I know it's fine. You can start anytime. It's not enough. You brace a 75-year-old man who went to school. You know, it's motivational. It's about, listen, it won't be as much fun as when you were 13. Some of you doing online courses now, you know the stress. You are going through, trying to go back to school. There's a season for that. There's a time for that. There's a season for your potential development. There's a time you can go and volunteer. Imagine married with four children. You now tell your wife, ah, I've identified my potential. I want to go and volunteer. You question, who is going to feed these ones? You can, you know, at that stage of your life, you can almost not do anything for free. Because you have a wife, you've got kids at home, you've got school fees to pay. Are you, are you following? Even though that's your passion, you now remember that your passion has to produce food. And meanwhile, when you were young, you could go anywhere, volunteer anywhere. But instead of using that opportunity to learn, you misused it. So you must remember that being busy with other things in life means that you are not busy with your purpose. And that is actually wasting your life. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 29. Proverbs 22, 29. Are you learning something from this? Say amen if you are. I can't hear you. Say amen if you are. Amen. All right. Proverbs 22, 29. Do you, I'm using the amplifying. Do you see a man skillful and experienced in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Do you see a man who excels in his work? The king didn't say, do you see a man who is diligent in his work? He will stand before kings. He didn't say, do you see a born again child of God who is diligent in his work? He says, do you see a man, any man, 
who is diligent in his job, he will stand before kings and not mere men. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24, the Bible says, The hand of the diligent will bear rule. That means the hand of the diligent will have dominion. The hand of the diligent will have dominion, will have governance, will have rulership. The hand of the diligent will rule. But the lazy man will be put to forced labor. I want you to have a very serious approach to life. A very focused approach to life. A very time-conscious approach to life. Approach life from a sense of purpose. Have that approach towards life. Have that approach towards the things you do. Don't be laid back. The word diligence, several dictionaries, number one, careful and persistent work or effort. I like the word careful. Careful and persistent work or effort. Most people work, they are not careful. Just get it done, get it done. We live in a society that celebrates mediocrity. Just have the money, we celebrate mediocrity. The one word you keep here, just manage it, just manage it, just manage it. You can pick a shirt from a tailor today and the first time you are wearing it, as you are holding the button, it comes off. He won't, he won't think that it's a problem. It's a problem. You know, and I was just thinking about this. I think one of the things that made us to get to this point is the fact that we can't return things. You know, if you buy things in developed world and it doesn't fit your specification, one week, maybe some 14 days, even some kind of properties, one month, you can return it. You know if you try it here, they will return your whole shop. Yeah, we just use the shirt, go to party, come back, iron it neatly, and say, I don't like it. You know, so, <laughs> so different values. But what I'm trying to say is that you can buy something from a shop today, and just on your way to the car, you realize that something is wrong. You try to return it. What is the person going to tell you? I'm not the one that produced it. Mediocrity. And we don't feel bad about it. He said, do you see a man who is diligent? He will stand before kings. An example of a diligent person is, is a person who does his job efficiently and takes care of the little details. Write that word down, think on it, meditate on it. Taking care of the little details of your life, of your potential, of your ability. The little details. Excellent salesperson, very rude with people. That little detail will stop your progress. Very committed, but bad with relationships. You can't be the only one having problems with everybody. At a point in life, you need to sit down and ask yourself, is the problem with me? Look at your relationships. You can't consistently have a trail of broken relationships all over. And I'm also weary of people who don't have at least one long time friend. You should have friends that will say, listen, for a while I've been with this guy. Can't be having friends every new year. <laughs> you drop and pick up. Drop everybody in December. I'm done with everybody. I'm done with everybody. Pam, pick new friends. December. You've lived 30 something years. You've had 30-something friends every year. 
You are a miracle worker. Constant and earnest efforts to accomplish what is undertaken. Note the word constant. Constant and earnest effort to accomplish what is undertaken. Your ability would require constant effort. So you can't just hear this kind of message now and go back. Man, there's no sleep for us until we develop potentials. After July ending, you have forgotten what the potential is. You're not going to excel like that. A time must come in your life where you don't need external motivation. What you want to achieve in life, according to God's plan for your life, is enough motivation. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. Persistent exertion of body and mind. Lastly, the quality of working carefully with a lot of effort. Truth be told, we will never see the best of our life if we are not hard workers. You will never experience the best of your life if you're not a hard worker. Everybody who is excelling at whatever level is putting in some work. Everybody who is excelling at a certain level of life put in some work. Sometimes you think, you know, our concept of being successful in this part of the world, unfortunately, is because we're used to politicians who steal money and thoughts who are wealthy. We, we have this mindset that success is, that's when you will not work again. You know, you just get up in the morning, drink tea, read newspaper, and have people working for you. No. No. <laughs> not at all you know there was a time that there was this thing all over the school all over school then sack your boss, be your own boss sack your boss, be your own boss sack your boss, sack your boss a job is, uh, what did they used to say now this motivational speaker a job is uh, something, something that they are using to buy your dream hey, don't work, 9 to 5 is slavery sack your boss, sack your boss a lot of people went to sack their boss they are nowhere now we were just resigning. You know, you can come out from a motivational speak, speaking event and just go and start pushing 911. What's, what's 911 in Caterpillar? Is Caterpillar the English word? Truck, 911. 911 is 911 now. <laughs> you can just leave a motivational speaking seminar and just attend. The thing is not on. You just say, I can't push it. You know? So we were And I was telling guys, be careful. Say no. Went to print complimentary card, design logo. Register business. You know, that's the easiest part of entrepreneurship. Logo design, complimentary card, and registering of business. That is, the, that is I, I think, after that, life now kicks. You see people with pack of complimentary card all over. Somewhere, all kinds of names. Um, chief executive officer. Some say no. Chief exceptional officer. Creative uh, organizer. Uh, uh, aptitude. All kinds of names. You know, in school, those things can help you because when you, the little money they send you, you can print flyer and everything. NYC, they're paying you allowance. Then when NYC is almost getting to an end, people now start asking the question that this, this chief exceptional officer. And then your mother starts reminding you that, that um, the money she took for your final year, that the woman is disabled, they know that when you come back, they will, you know. Reality just don't. <laughs> there is nothing people drop complimentary card and start printing CV and stuff. Don't, don't, you see, you see, you see. 
don't be, don't be carried away by the crowd. In life, you must come to a place where you know who you are, what you can do, what you want to achieve, and you are consistent. Yesterday night, a friend of ours, a senior friend in school, he was in final year, I was in 100 level. He reached out to me. He said, I've, I've been following you since we're in school. And I just, we're concerning my books, actually. I've been following you since we were in school, and you have been consistent for years. He has a major conference in town. He said he wants me to come and speak. He said, the one reason I'm inviting you is that from when we were in school, the one thing you said you would do is what you are doing till date and still on the cutting edge. The ability to stay for the long haul, stay for the long haul, not carried away by temporary pleasures or pain. Sometimes your potential will not bring you the things you think they will bring you. You have to go through that period of suffering. Like I jokingly told them in Podako Church as I close, some people are doing this. Man, this is just, it's true, but it's a joke. Like, I don't have Bible for it. You know, and God sends an angel to bless them. and say, hey, go bless that guy. He's selling television. Then the guy just gets tired, man. I'm not selling television anymore. I want to sell speakers. And then the angel is coming. Like I said, this is a joke. I don't have a Bible for it. Then the angel comes. He says, ah, he's not selling speakers. Like, okay, well, send another angel. It's come. The guy says, man, I'm not selling speakers. It's chairs now. I'm going into chair. I say, point will come. When God just say, can you go and help that guy? I say, God, before we get to the earth, the guy would have changed. I'm not wasting my flying strength. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. I actually think that instability is worse than a curse. If you are unstable, the Bible says you will not excel. If it's a curse, it can be broken. If you are unstable, only you can help yourself. No man can help you to be stable. So one of the things I want you to do in this fourth series that we have is to go back, take a stock of your life, and ask yourself this one thing. What have I been consistent with in the last 10 years? Give yourself 10 years. This one is a 10 years consistency challenge now. Not a 10 year when you were looking slim and 10 year when you were looking fat now. This is not Instagram. This is live ground. Go think tonight. What is the one thing that I've been consistent with in the last 10 years? It's one thing. If you can pick that trend, you'd probably be able to get very close to something that's just natural for you. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. And I pray, Father God, that everyone tonight will receive wisdom, understanding, and instruction. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.